everybody, welcome to episode 122 of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. My name's David Pether, you can call me Fish. With me as always, he's my favorite sack of shit. Connor McDuff! Hello, how are you? Hello everybody, we have Tracy B here as well. G'day Tracy B. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, I'm very good, I'm here with my friends and we're going to talk about some movies today and that... I'm here with all me. my friends. Resident Evil Retribution. We're five movies deep into this retrospective. How are you guys feeling? Who would have thought that we would have made it this far, you know? <laughs> I, I feel just, like... A... I'm really proud of us. <laughs> I, I, I feel like a bit of a, like a psych ward patient where I just... It's kind of... Uh, overtaking my life in a lot of ways. I don't. I haven't been able to watch lots of films. I think the last film. No, it's not true. It's yeah. We're in it. We're <laughs> definitely in the thick of it, aren't we? We're definitely in the thick of it. My we goodness. Certainly are. And uh, we've got yep. one more movie left before the new one, the final chapter, next week. Yeah. I'm very curious about that whole final chapter situation, whether it's actually going to be a final chapter or uh, if it's going to be like a Friday the 13th final chapter kind of situation. Well, they say, they, they call it the beginning of the end. Like all the promo, it's called the beginning of the end. Oh, and that's bullshit. like, that that, conc- that concerns me because yeah. I'm like, well, that could be another trilogy of that's, films. Yeah, you know? the final chapter, yeah. actually the final chapter part one now is yeah. a new beginning. <laughs> The journey ends. Alice lives. Alice <laughs> takes Manhattan. Yeah. That's what I oh, want to see. Oh, I'm keen for that. I want to see Alice versus, like, the Predator or something. Oh. <laughs> Don't joke about that. That would actually be a pretty fun experience, Fuck I think, it. to watch at this point. That would be so cool. Alice versus <laughs> Aliens versus Predator. Let's get that happening. Just zombies and shit running around as well. It's just going to be carnage. Anyway... Connor, should we start this off as we normally do with a story synopsis? Yes, we should. I I believe we should. Now, let me give you guys a quick rundown about what happened last time. I don't remember. Neither does Tracy B or Fish. So, we see Alice now as we end on the last one where they just saved all those survivors, thousands and thousands of people, and they save all these big characters from the third one and everything looks like it's coming up. And then immediately she's blown into the water. It's like they're not even trying at this point. They just blow her up and throw her into the water Then she wakes up in Umbrella Corp. She gets tortured and she's asked who she works for which I mean is a pretty redundant question because Alice doesn't work for anyone and then basically gets saved by Albert Wesker the guy that she killed in the last one because he's against Umbrella Corp now and he wants to save humanity so he gets saved but she gets saved by him and Ada Wong who was a, used to be an Umbrella agent comes to get her and a strike team is sent in to save her which is composed of Leon from the games and Luther from the last one and Two other people that die pretty much immediately. Barry. Anyway, We've got Barry. To, Barry's from the Barry. Games. Anyway, they have to basically get out of this testing facility, which is made up of a bunch of different simulations, such as one that's like Manhattan, where the zombie outbreak happens, and one's Russia, and one's this, and one's that, and they have to basically escape. So they do that, and they escape. And everybody dies except for Leon. Oh, and Jill's back. Jill Valentine's back and she's got a spider thing on her chest and then Alice rips it off and she's a good guy again. Anyway, they get back to the White House and uh, Wesker stabs her with the virus again and makes her um, like a superhuman. And so, yeah, and then they, in the final shot of the film is them like in the White House fighting off like millions and millions of zombies. And it looks like there's going to be a big finale. But again, like, I'm sure that when we watch uh, the final chapter, all of that um, plot development will just go out the window and Alice (laughs) will be doing something totally different again. Because every single film, except for the first two, that's exactly what's happened. It's just, it just, like, goes completely out the window every time. Like, why? Why does it... Well, Why I will. I will happen? say. I will say. At least with this one, because the last movie was kind of a nothing film, there was nothing really to continue on. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very true. Uh, but say, like, I, or well, saying that the the last shot now that I'm remembering the end of Afterlife was all those planes coming, and this film yeah. opens. At least it opened with the immediate 
continuation, continuation of that scene. Continuation, yeah. And um, let me just say, I really liked the like the reverse photography going on yeah. in this thing. They've kept that tradition up of, of a fucking killer opening scene like we had in Afterlife with the, the Tokyo scene and all that. I thought this opening was really cool. How do you guys feel about it? Yeah, I actually feel like this opening really worked in conjunction with the title of the film, actually. Yeah, when she got sucked out of the... Um, sucked out of the water and the title comes up there as well like yeah yeah it's like <laughs> retribution you know so it's it's really cool i feel like that kind of tied into it a bit what about you connor i dug it i thought it was really cool too they always do pretty good opening sequences don't don't they there's the one in um i think it was the last one as well there's that scene where wesker crashes the plane yeah yeah yep yep and i think i think they do that stuff really well it's always they're always very pretty they're always very like pretty films at points. Yeah, I feel like they put um, all their effort into the title sequences and then just be like, oh, whatever, for the rest of it. And <laughs> that's all we need to reel them in. Okay, now let's get... Yeah, now we got them. Well, immediately up. after that, Tracy, I want to know how you feel oh. about the whole oh. My Name is Alice thing again. You had you didn't really like it as in the, I think, the second and maybe third ones. I can't remember, but like you, that was an issue for you. And then it kind of got okay, but this one was pretty on the nose. How did you go with that one? You know what? At this point, I'm just like, I just gave up. I was just like, <laughs> you know what? This is happening. It's just, I'm just going to deal with it. Seriously, like the whole time they were recapping though, because they seriously fucking recapped everything. I was they just sitting did. there like... I was like reading a, a like an ebook on my phone because I was just like, okay, let's get. This <laughs> I already going. know this. I've been watching these movies the last yeah. few weeks. And yeah. look, I, look. And actually, what? speaking of that recap, though, um, did you see that on the um, like Birch Carol and Coil Facebook page? They actually posted a video that Mila Jovovich did, um, talking about all the films. She actually did a recap herself of like all the films to get everybody up to date before the next one comes out. Oh, did they? It That's... was. Yeah, it's actually. I'll try and find the video and link it to you because it's actually a really cool little like quick video. What is, in the, what is there to recap? The, the, everything <laughs> that happens in a film gets dropped at the end, and they just do something new every time. Yeah. In yeah. every single film so far, Alice ends up totally alone, basically at the yeah. start. Yeah, just totally alone and naked. She's naked at least. She's once always in naked in these film. movies. I, I, that's always what I thought naked. when it opened up as well. I'm like, she yeah. likes to be naked, and I'm like, and I'm cool with that. But it's it seems weird. I think it's to, to show that she's always a test subject. That's the like the imagery that I'm getting. Um, yeah. But it is every time a new movie comes along, they want to do a different type of film, really. You know, like yeah. we had from from a Mad Max film to just a movie where it's mainly slow motion to this one where they just wanted to do kind it's like of Hunger like, Games almost like it was almost a bit Hunger Games it was a bit Hunger Games I, I got a bit, a bit of like a bit game show the, I got a bit of like greatest hits feeling from this one yeah that's yeah. what I totally got from it as well and especially when they were doing like oh my god that whole beginning scene uh, totally felt like Dawn of the Dead when they were I doing know, the simu- I know and that's what I mean like they it's like they've tried to do all the different types of zombie movie. Like Apocalypse was the post-apocalyptic one. Afterlife was the uh, yeah. uh, Dawn of the Dead. You know, uh, sort of Dawn of the Dead. You know, people trapped... Or, or even Day of the Dead, people trapped in the prison. Um, yeah. This this one is Dawn of the Dead remake. <laughs> Very <laughs> much so. Um, and you know what? Look, at, I, I, a part of me really liked that we brought it down to that level. Like it, we brought it down to a suburban relatable level where yeah it's a mum looking after her daughter and yeah. that's what i really liked about you know dawn of the dead the remake and, and a, a lot yeah. of other zombie films or, or horror films ones where you can relate to the characters that's where i'm more connected um so i like the scene but it's just so kind of lame how it's done it's, oh, it's it feels yes. like because it's such a ripoff of dawn of the dead it's a bit random and it comes out of nowhere, and obviously we don't know at this point that it's just, you know, a program that's been set up here. But And it's pointless. Like, the whole that whole scene is utterly pointless, actually, like, in the big scheme of it. It is. All. It is. And this is the problem. The, the problem is doing something like this, and I, I don't like movies who, who throw characters into a place where it doesn't matter if they die. Like, we yeah. know that this isn't Alice. We know that she's... All, we already know she's got fucking thousands of clones and shit going on. It's probably yeah. that again. So they've done this, like, three or four times throughout the series. So, for them to do it again, we're already at a point where we're like, well, 
doesn't really matter if she dies. I guess we care a little bit about the kid. You know, you bring a kid into this into the mix, and that kind of raises tension a little bit. But the problem Why is, is the kid deaf? What the hell? Why is she deaf? I don't understand what the relevance to that is. Is there like well, I don't some know. sort of I guess it's just... symbolicness, or are they just trying to be? Yeah, I didn't pick up any PC. symbolicness. I think it was just something different, really. I thought it was cute. Yeah. I thought the kid was great, actually. I thought she. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was really good too, but like the whole like thing where they're like, yeah, you have to talk when you use your sign language. I was like, okay, the kid talking makes sense. Why would the adults talk to a deaf kid while doing <laughs> sign language though? Like, I don't know. For some reason, it just really irked me because. Well, isn't I, it? Isn't that to like, uh, you know, get them to be able to read lips and so? Like, I don't know. I don't have too much contact with deaf yeah, people. Look. But I assume that's how it is. But. I know what you're saying, Connor, like, where does this come into play? Why didn't it come into something yeah. later in the film? Like, where is she, you know, can't speak because, you know, a zombie will hear her or something. So she has to sign language. I, I don't know. It didn't come yeah. into it. It was cute, this but whole, it had no point. Yeah, this whole film actually felt like they were setting up things for no reason. Like, there was quite a few times where things seemed like they were being set up for it to be a certain kind of scene or a certain kind of thing. Like, for example, um, this will come up again a little bit later, but the Mich- Michelle Rodriguez, the fact that they had yeah, the suburb, the like the suburban version of her and then they also and had the that other clone version. Yeah. Well, I totally thought, like, what's the point of having those two people there unless they're going to face off? Yeah, and that'll be like a whole, true. you know, like a whole thing where they're just like, oh my God, you're me. And then she'll just be like, I'm not you. And like blows the suburban housewife kind of want to blow away. Even, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, or even more of like a tension or like, you know, or more of a trust issue with Alice yeah. and the, the little girl. Like when, when the suburban one runs up to them later, she, the, the little girl's like, oh, I met your sister. She wasn't very nice. And I liked that. That was cute. But like, where, yeah. why? <laughs> why? why does why does she die so quickly? Why does Rain just die immediately? Like the the good one, like she comes in and they make a big deal about her saving the Alice clone. Then she pops up and she's like, "Look after the kid," and it's like, "Oh, cool!" Like they want to in- reintroduce Rain. That's a you know for a stupid fucking plot. That's a pretty decent or right way to do it. And then yeah. she just gets she just gets swiped. She just gets yeah. smacked by the, the by the thing and she's gone. And they yeah. just they're like. And they have this evil rain. I'm like, well, that's cool. Like, I understand that you have, you know, an evil version of rain and, and that's cool. But why, why bother with the suburban one? Like, why did you even introduce it if, if she's literally nothing? It yeah. didn't make any sense to me. Well, I felt either way, it didn't really mean anything to the story. Like, because of the fact that they're just clones. Like, they're not yeah. the rain that Alice knew before. Like, if... Because the way I remember the trailers to this film... And they were, they had all, they had, you know, Rain, they had the big black guy from the first one. They had a few of like the older characters coming back and we were like, but no Kaplan, by the way, Tracy B. Why? If you're going to bring the best ones back, bring back Kaplan, like Jesus Christ and make him be the bad guy. That would have been awesome. That would (laughs) have been super cool. Anyway. Um, but I remember the trailers really selling the fact that Michelle Rodriguez was coming back. So it, it was like, shit. She didn't die? What happened? How's this? Yeah. Oh, this is going to be awesome. There's gonna, like now she all of a sudden she's pointing guns at Alice. Like, god damn. Tension. <laughs> I no. know, there was nothing there. Nothing. And I was so disappointed because like I've seen the trailers for this and I was working when this movie came out. So I've seen bits and pieces of it and I knew that certain people were back. So I was really, really excited coming into this. I'm like, oh, is there going to be, you know, like... I wanted to know. I was like, why are all these people back? And then I yeah, was just like, give us a great explanation it. why they've survived yeah. and what's happened. Don't make it like clones. Clones is such a cop out. It's such a cop out. And they've done it I know. all through the series. And it's really disappointing because it, it just means nothing. They're just expendable. And that's, and that yeah. also goes for like all these scenes. Like, yeah, we go back to the Tokyo scene and we go to the suburban scene and we go to Russia and all this. But in the way that this is kind of set up, as much as I like the concept, the fact that it's just a bunch of scenarios, nothing really means anything. Like, no. it just, yeah. Like, yeah, we've got the, the real Alice running through and stuff, but we all, we all know that she's super OP, so she's not going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every I know, single was- time. Every single goddamn time, she's always fine. And Every and the funny thing now time. is that she's she's been stripped of her powers now, hasn't she? Yeah. So she can't do the Jedi mind tricks and stuff like that, but she can still flip around and do all this crazy shit, which is cool, but I feel like if you're going to take her powers away, there needs to be 
something worse about her, something to make her weaker. And I really yeah. didn't feel that. Well, it's- like when Wesker shot her up at the very end of the film, I was just like, well, that, I mean, that means nothing to me because I kept, I, I, like, I even forgot that she didn't have her powers anymore because I was just like, she's <laughs> just too hardcore. But um, I wanted to bring it back to the beginning a bit, sort of in regards to why the fuck this movie even happened. <laughs> I... What is the reason for the Red Queen being evil all of a sudden? Like, in the first one, she wasn't evil. She locked down the building because mm, of the T-Virus. Like, it makes it makes no sense for her to all of a sudden just be evil. Like, if they're, if they're bringing it from the, the viewpoint that she wants to destroy humanity, um, then they should have her, like, explaining that she wants to contain the virus. But we can see quite, quite prominently at the very end of the film that she clearly does not want to contain the T-Bar. She's using it as a weapon. But then mm. that makes no sense. Like, why does she... She's what been changed? designed to, like, save... Not save humanity, but protect humanity to, and... Yeah. And pr- to contain the it. To contain the virus yeah. if it gets out. Yeah. yeah so, it, it, it honestly like makes a, no sense to me. Mm. It was very much like a turn to, like, they wanted Wesker to be not the bad guy, I guess. So, they wanted it to feel like... There was a greater evil or something. It was very silly. It, it did seem very silly. Which even it even Wesker, felt... even Wesker being the good guy just didn't compute with me. Like, yeah, it was like Alice is like, oh, you're the guy who's basically tried to kill me through four movies, but that's ah, cool. <laughs> yeah, and all of a sudden she's quite happy to trust him. Why? Why? That Why? makes no sense to me. Why? I don't think she did. I don't think she did ever trust him. I think it was more like, well, I got to get out of here. It's a necessity so of survival. Well, yeah, I may as well. Um, I guess. But but I, but I felt like, like there was a little more trust there than there should have been. Like I feel like yeah. she should have been more wary of things or something. Like just I I didn't I didn't feel as much as I feel I should have. Sorry, I got to bring something up though quickly. Um, Jill Valentine, right? In the opening sequence, they basically say, yeah, um, even my friend Jill got captured by the bad guys. That's what she says. She doesn't thing. know. Was was yeah. Jill was Jill in prior films? Did I miss something in the last films? Or is this the first she, time we see Jill again? No, she was uh, well, the second okay. one. At the end of the last film, there's actually a scene after the credits. It's mid-credits, where, yeah. Yeah, where you see her. Right. But Alice see doesn't scene. see her. She's in, in no. one of the planes as it's about to fly and bomb Alice. So she wouldn't know. What the, what the yeah. hell? Like, <laughs> that's so weird. What the hell? I don't understand that. Like, that was, I just like, that happened. I was like, wait, what? And she's so calm about it. Like, when she sees Jill again, she's so mm, chill. She's true. like, oh, yeah, hey, Jill, how you doing? Um, yeah. Why are you doing this, man? Like, why are you, wouldn't you just be losing your mind at someone like that? I don't <laughs> yeah. understand how she's so calm about that whole situation. I feel like um, they're, they're playing, she's playing the Alice in the scripts that involved Jill through the, the last two movies. Because I think she was supposed to be in them more. But that yeah. actress or something, there was some some reason why she couldn't be in, and they had to change things. So maybe they're just like, this is a an old version of Alice that had had seen Jill a bunch of times. What? How did you like? We 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 all really liked Jill in a um uh, what was it Apocalypse? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we all really liked Jill there. How did you guys feel about her in, in her triumphant comeback? Oh, shit! Shit! Terrible. Shit! She is so bad. Holy crap. She's terrible. It's just terrible. And she like, she looks terrible as well. I'm like, what the hell is this look? Why is she wearing a... I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Like, because that was the one thing that I really, really liked what they did with Jill in the second film was that it was very close to the way that she looked in uh, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, the game. And this one... (laughs) I'd like I'm I'm sure this is some sort of reference to one of the later this games. This is what but... she looks like. This is what she looks like. Resident Evil Five. I'm pretty sure. Okay, that's what I, that's I what thought. She looks exactly like this. Yeah. Wait, the blonde hair and everything as well. Yeah, blonde hair, purple suit. But wow. she, looks she looks so like... silly. But the the silliest thing is that fucking scarab spider thing. Like uh... that to oh, me. That to me looks. Like, it looks like a toy. It looks like something that you know. As a as a you know a thirteen year old, we've run out in the backyard and we're like, oh, you know what we could do? We could put this little spider toy and glue it to our chest, and that <laughs> means that you've got that means you've got control of us. Like it, it looks like a little kid came up with that. Like that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And the thing that annoys me the most is that 
uh, I'm fairly sure Alice is aware that the spider thing is what controls people. I think yeah, yeah because only, she because yeah, she, she took, took it, it off Claire. Claire. Yeah, yeah, of Claire in the last one. So we have this big fuck off fight scene at the end of this film with Jill, where you know Alice nearly gets her ass kicked when all she had to do was kick off that little spider. I know. <laughs> Why did like, she it, wait it takes so until long? The, yeah, it takes till the end of the fight for her to figure it out. I was like, no, nah, come on. The big, the big obvious red throbbing thing in in yeah. you know her massive cleavage that's not obvious like come on it was so stupid i didn't understand why yeah i didn't understand why she didn't try and take it off immediately like mm. she has this massive fight and like the entire time all i was thinking is like this would be fair enough even remotely if you hadn't ripped one off someone prior to this yeah like, i know this you haven't this isn't your first time doing this you've done this before why are you not i don't why 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 yeah. Like, that, there's know. a lot of that for me, though. Just a lot of me asking why. Um, <laughs> Ada Wong having a grapple gun. Why does Ada Wong carry around a grapple hook gun? <laughs> fucking Batman. What, <laughs> wh- why, why would you have that? And then take this. It's, it's better for me to have less on me anyway. Like, what are you talking about? Shut up. <laughs> shut your mouth. Such, such a stupid mouth. What are you talking about? Shut... Where did you get that? Why do you have it? You're rescuing someone. Why did you think, hmm, what am I going to need to rescue someone? A grapple gun that she doesn't use to grapple anywhere. She uses it to shoot someone directly in the chest with it. <laughs> and then I was like, why would you not just shoot yeah, them with a normal didn't, gun? Like, just shoot them normally, yeah. The what gun the f- seemed why? to do pretty well. I did, like, I did like Ada Wong, though. She's probably my favorite character in this movie. Yeah, I really she- did like her. I thought she was quite good. Um, she like with Leon or something? Is she Leon's mate or something? Uh, I guess so. They like alluded to it. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, he he puts his hand on her leg at the end or something. But in the, in the games, she's from Resident Evil Two, and um, I'm like Leon and and her sort of become partners as the games progress. I'm fairly sure. Oh, uh, okay. But she's um she's like a really significant character in Resident Evil Two, and a really really cool character, and she actually looks exactly like that character from Resident Evil 2. So I, big props to that. And like, just, just generally, I think this girl looks great. The dress is fucking cool. Anytime like she does a flip or something and it sort of flicks out, I was really impressed with that. Um, she's yeah. sexy as hell. That always helps. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just, yeah, anytime that she was kind of doing stuff besides that one grapple shot where she grabbed somebody, I, I was just interested in her. I even liked when she shot the, you know the the floorboards out from under her to escape the the explosion yeah. or whatever. Like I I just felt like she was a really cool character and quite welcome in in an action movie where the action's actually quite lame. Yeah, it is the, pretty lame. You know what? And it pissed me off again that they were fucking relying on that slow mo bullshit again to make it seem cooler than it was. They but didn't go actually... nearly as crazy as the last movie though. <laughs> no, they didn't. They only used it like in the in the fight scenes and. But it's still so bad, and it actually at some points made the fighting seem worse. Like I when agree. Alice was fighting, when Alice was fighting Jill at the end, I was like, "Wow, these two women are not fighting well." <laughs> they, it's like they're fighting. It's like even though it was in slow motion, I was like, "I feel like if this was normal speed, I feel like it would still be slow motion." It's like they were trying to think of where to hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, I agree. And that's and this is something that really disappointed me the most about this movie is that throughout this. Throughout this series, I've really defended the action and the fighting because it's really been the main event when it comes to these things. Like, I feel like they've done it really good. And a lot of it's pretty believable, um, as believable as it can be where a chick's flipping around and jumping <laughs> off walls, yeah. kicking dogs in the face. But I really, like, just... I especially noticed it in that first um, scene where Alice has the chain... Um, after Tokyo, like she's run out of the Tokyo scene and all the zombies yeah. are coming in there. And it was kind of cool, but it just looked so choreographed. And I agree with exactly what you just said, Tracy. It looked like she was like, okay, I need to punch here and then throw a left hook and then throw a knee, yeah. then do a backflip. And all the backflips looked really like Terrible. Fake. Yeah. It's so, just really bad. Like floating Although, through the air like- on... On Give wise. props. The, the two hammer dudes, that was a fun scene. I really liked that. Yeah, actually, that was the best one. Yeah. You know why? Because that had Ada Wong. Bam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it lasted for like a second. 
It was really good though. Like it was just well done. I think that that sequence. Mm. I mean, even like, but even the stuff with the monster, the big, the big four. You know, the oh, I forgot the weird called. liquor the, thing. Yeah, the liquor-looking thing. Liquor he, like, gorilla. He was like a big posing like threat, like the basically like a real like sort of looming threat the whole way through, and then like steals that kid. And there's that big showdown with Alice, and you're like, oh, here we go, here we go. She grapple hooks and shoots him in the head, and then it's done. Like, yeah. that's it. She's like, yeah, finished, and then saves her, saves her mate. Also, Alice is a dickhead. Like, I couldn't believe she went and saved that girl. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, she's like, she's like, like, they're all like, no, you're more important. And she's like, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You very much are. That's the whole you. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like technically, you. she is. But the, this is what I'm talking. I actually really like that because it, it makes it, it. I relate to that, even though this chick really isn't her daughter. She's still a child, and I, I feel like you know. It does soften Alice a lot that she would go to her. I guess. Yeah, like that's the, that's that's what Alice is like. She's trying to step away from being the monster, and this little girl is kind of humanizing her. You know, even if she isn't really her daughter um and i feel like the the brief glimpses that we got with that i really liked i wish they'd really elaborated on it it might have made it work a little bit more for you connor but i i just i i liked what they were trying to do there but yeah i know where you're coming from as well because it's it like technically yes she's the weapon that they need they're the she's the one they need to say i'm actually surprised that you know one of the the mercenaries didn't just shoot the girl, <laughs> you know, if it yeah. was that serious, um, that could have been some, uh, crazy tension, great rising there. Um, well, let's talk about, like, we've got a few other guys here from the games. Um, we've got Barry, who's the big guy with the, the red vest. He's from the first resident evil. Um, yeah. looks, looks nothing like he should look like costume wise. He looks like it, but this, this actor really doesn't, sort of fit that bill for me um barry's kind of like a fat sort of older bearded dude from what i remember um this guy's all right but whatever and then we've got um gets gets that badass moment where he gets shot and obviously could not live after getting shot in the chest about 50 times but then then catches a gun (laughs) gets back up catches a gun shoots that guy so so epic so grand honestly (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, and then we got the big dog, the one that I've been waiting to come into the the franchise since before we were waiting for Chris, Leon S. Kennedy. Yeah, and he was fucking wooden as shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, my he was. God. He was nothing. Why did they choose this guy? Even, even um, what's his name, who played Chris in the last film? I didn't particularly like him as Chris. You guys did, but like I thought at least they got a good fucking actor. <laughs> This, yeah. guy, this guy looks like some Swedish supermodel that they're like, oh, he can part his hair like Leon Kennedy. Let's just put him in. It's such an important character. That whole bit where he was talking to Alice when she was like, I've got to go get Becky back. He was just like, okay, don't go. We need you. I can't lose all my friends for this. Yeah, like, that, oh my God, that conversation was ridiculous. That was so stiff. I agree. Like, like I'm watching so it. Bad. And I'm like, it's meant to be this, like, tension. And I'm like, what the, it's just like the stiffest conversation I've ever seen between two people who are just trying to, like, pretend, I, I don't know, their influences are brick walls. What the hell's going on? In any scene, if Mila Jovovich can outact the other actor, then you know it's bad. Like, I love Mila. I love Mila, but she's got a very, very wooden type of acting, which works for her, but it's very wooden. It is. Yeah, I agree. Now, this guy is is beyond wooden. He's still a tree, you know? and, And I just feel like he was so rubbish that they unjustifiably made this guy a main character within the writing and the acting like i feel like this this character a main character in the resident evil universe is just put into like a mercenary role where he doesn't really do anything like if you didn't know who this character was you would just be like oh he's a nobody and then he's got oh he's kind of got a few like weird like intense acting scenes that aren't really working that's weird but you you would just you would just brush over him and keep living your life whereas fans of the game like me are really annoyed that you've wasted a character like that well i was annoyed that he was wasted even though i had no idea who the fuck he was i was like i was like who is this guy what's yeah it frustrates me because he's given attention 
because he's he's Leon Kennedy. Yeah. But then like that's the only reason that character has any attention. So I'm watching a film and I'm like, well, I know who he is, but I'm disappointed that they're even making him a part of this world now because he's not anything. Like, they haven't done him any justice. Yeah. Why isn't it Chris Redfield? Why couldn't Chris be part of the strike team? Riddle me that. Luther gets saved. Luther's there. Yeah. It should have been Chris. Like, why Why do they bring in all these new people when they've got really good actors at their disposal yeah. uh-huh. that they could have used? And, I mean, like, yeah, they brought Luther back. Why not bring other people back? Well, where were, where that, were like, Chris and... Claire at the no end idea. of the last movie. I can't remember. They, they were, were on, on the, the boat. They were, they were the there. Boat. I totally thought that they were going to come back in this because, like, I saw them, um, not in the credits, but, like, on the IMDb page and stuff. I was like, oh, so they must be in this as well. They're on and the IMDb page for this movie. Yeah. It must be, like, so because like, of the recap. <laughs> oh, maybe. But I was Far just like, out. where the fuck are they? I know Claire's in the final chapter. I've seen her in the trailer. Okay, yeah, good. I've seen her too. And that's what I mean. Like, I've seen Claire, but not Chris and Leon. And, like, you know for a fact, and Jill, I haven't even seen Jill. And you know for a fact that, like, they they would put them in the trailer if they were in it. Like, there's no way oh, they yeah, would. It bothers me. Like, I can't believe it. Like, if I go into that and they're not there, I'm not going to be, I won't be shocked, but I'm going to be disappointed. Like, for God's sake. Just, like, I don't understand why. Like, I'm sure these actors would do it. A lot of them would probably do it. I don't understand why they, they, are constantly not in the next film. Well, and surely, you know, like, and surely the producers have signed these guys to multi-film contracts because, considering yeah. that they've they've had this saga in mind, you know, I I feel like they were always going to make a shit ton of these movies. Like, why? Yeah. You know, once you got to four, you like, I'm sure Paul W. And Anderson knew he was going to go through and make another two movies because he's called one the final chapter. You know, so I feel like when they signed on. Michael Schofield from Prison Break to play Chris, they were going to... You sign him on for three movies because he's a main character. And yeah. he's and he's a fairly well-known actor, you know? So, I don't know. No, I... Yeah, and it, it really does, I think, sort of take away from, like, when I'm actually just watching one of the films because I'm like, well, is this someone I can even attach myself to? Because are they going to come back? Are they even going to show up? I know it's silly. Like, the films are silly and they're meant to be just fun and a bit dumb but like even then like you know i'm five films deep into this goddamn series now for the love of god just like have a just i want to feel a little bit attached alice is so not relatable like i cannot relate to her you know she's just like the spectator that comes in in different situations and kind of does stuff for people and like i can't attach myself to that i want to be able to meet like connect with these other characters even at the end of this they have them standing like in a perfect like um, boy band sort of stance. You got Wesker and Jill yeah. and Leon and Alice. Yeah. Is, it, is Ada there as well? I can't remember. But like you've got all these characters standing like that, and it's like you know made out to be like, oh, here's your team. This is your team now. Mm. You know, connect with these characters. Yeah. But I've seen them do that four other times. <laughs> so I really don't think nothing's like they're they're all probably going to disappear except for Albert Wesker and Rain who gets sucked in by zombies at the end. Like I'm very curious just to see if she's going to pop back in, you know? Like yeah. is that even going to be a thing? It's obviously yeah. made out that she's this she, she it's very come much back. like yeah. She, I like hope so. if she doesn't come back as some super cool like overpowered monster that's on the same level as Alice, I'll be very disappointed. Mm. Well, it's it's you're right, kind of the thing. The most relatable thing in these films is is Alice's relationships with the people that we spend a, a movie with. I know, I miss Carlos, and he was back for a second. I he know, was yeah. In my grasp, and then he was gone. Carlos, no. <laughs> so to wipe the the slate clean every time just defeats the purpose of having a franchise to me. Like it's I, again, I feel like they're just doing a greatest hits on each movie they're just like okay now we've got the dawn of the dead movie now we've got the the prison zombie movie it's just i don't know it by doing it that way it feels very disjointed and it and it leaves no room for us to connect to anything and and like you said alice as a character in herself is very stiff and very boring and not really relatable because she's so overpowered that we know that she's cool uh, like i relate to people who are fucking scared in a zombie apocalypse because that's what I would be, <laughs> you know? Whereas yeah. when this, this chick's like just bashing the shit out of people, that's fun and I'm liking that, but it's always better like to see her kicking all kinds of ass with, you know, characters that aren't 
as powerful as her, but we like them. So to just cut all that out is really... They're really shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, it's... I agree. What about uh, the zombies in this one were all over the place as oh, well? Oh, so all over the place. Okay, this is this is one thing I really wanted to talk about, is how much the testing zones felt like levels in a video game, but all different video games. Yeah. Like, the, the last Plagos bit, that actually totally felt like Sniper Elite Zombie Army. As I was watching that, <laughs> I was like... That's honestly what it feels like. And I'm like, this is supposed to be a Resident Evil movie. Why do I feel like I'm playing Sniper Elite right now? <laughs> I fucking hated that they had these different simulation things. It took away from it so much. I'm like, I don't know why. Maybe it's just me. But like, for, like I'm watching, you know, a group of different, like none of it's real. And all yeah. of it looks like a set to me too. Like I'm, every single scene, bar the suburban scene, like suburbia scene, every single sequence, I'm like, that's a set, that's a set, that's a set, that's a set. And that because none of it's real, and they're like, initializing bio, whatever it was, biohazard, I don't know, I, I can't remember what they said. But I was just like, none of it's like real. Like, yeah. No, that's what I, I felt as just... well, and that's what I was saying earlier, is that by having them as just situations, it's, it's not a flowing, coherent story. It's like, yeah. okay, and now this, and now this, and you've hit the nail on the head, Tracy. It's a fucking video game. They're just levels. And yeah, that's cool. That's cool if you know, for it is a video game movie, I suppose. But the thing that really frustrates me about this is that, and I, I keep going back to it, the video games have such rich storytelling in them. It's so yeah. fantastic, and and they're going to this. Like at this time, Resident Evil Five was out, and maybe even six. But Resident Evil Five was one of the best-selling games of all time. It's set in Africa. Why not make that movie? Make yeah. that movie. The break, the outbreak has happened in Africa. They've got this new Last Plague, you know, virus. Let's go into that. Not just like, oh, look, it's the Last Plague from the video games, but we're not really going to talk about it. All of a sudden, they're spurting shit out of their mouths. Eh, it's all good. And we've got a giant guy with a giant axe. Okay, it's all good. But, oh, we're going to put him in Tokyo. And then Russia. And then suburbia. And uh, Why? I know. Like, there's really no... You can't connect. You can't connect to that. No. And you know what I find is really frustrating about it as well? It's like, okay, because you know how... Paul W.S. Anderson directed and wrote this one. Mm -hmm. It's basically like he's coming back from what he did with the first one. Like, the first one, it worked because it was such, like, had, you know, the budget was a lot less, so he kind of had to make it work for what it was. And that kind of video game level feel worked when they had it all in one, like, place, one scenario. Yeah. yeah. But, like, he's taken that idea that he had from the first one and he's tried to do it on a bigger scale, but it mm. really, really is just so off-putting. He's just gone about it in, like, the worst possible way. Like, he's taken, obviously, what he had liked from the first one and wanted to kind of, like, put that onto, a like, a massive scale. And it just yeah. does not work at all. He wants to put variety in it. It's, like, quantity over quality. <laughs> yeah. My, what throws me is, like, I feel like they deem that to make a good video game movie, you need to take elements of what makes a video game good, yeah. which is, like, you know, progression and stuff and all sorts of things like that. When reality, like, you know, when, when, you know, people who avidly play video games want a video game movie, it's because they're committed to the characters in the story that they're mm. watching, like Last of Us or Uncharted or Resident Evil or whatever it might be. Prince of Persia, for God's sake, had a really cool story. Like, we don't want levels. I don't want levels. I don't want to feel like I'm progressing at a, at a basic level because it's a different, you know, platform. It's an entirely different yeah. form of art. Why the hell is that it's not satisfying to watch. Okay, they've done this, now they move on to this. Okay, they've done this, and now... Like, it's all expected. Everything's expected. Every, like, none of that is why I want to watch a video game film. I want to watch Chris Redfield and Jill do some cool shit. That's all I want to see. I want to see Albert Wesker be, like, a genuine bad guy and not just, like, a cartoon. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, not, like, not, not the these... big bad at the end that comes and they fight for the final boss battle, yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah. All, these, there's all these elements that they, like... They have what, that are just so. I don't know. I. I it's just funny because I, I feel so like the, the games nailed more of a cinematic universe than the movies have. Like the games, yeah, they are games. And if you really want to break them down, they, they are in levels, but it's so smooth in its transition between areas that you're doing things in. And even the boss battles feel organic, whereas this. 
is more like a video, like an old school video game where it's like level one fight. (laughs) This is a, yeah, which that's the most mind blowing thing to me is that the video game that this is based off is more of a movie than this, this movie is. Go fucking figure. Was this the first time we saw running zombies? Have they been running throughout? Yeah, I I know. I think we have seen running zombies before, but it for some reason it felt really noticeable in this one. Because yeah. I actually remember sitting there last night and going, I feel like I feel like this is really noticeable. Those, yeah, especially I... especially in the suburbia bit, because I was like, I don't remember them feeling like this. This feels very Dawn of the Dead mm. like remake. Yeah, there was that's that what I mean. awesome. There was that cool sequence where she's fighting them all off after she gets into the Tokyo thing. It's just her in that white room. Like, I like that, but that they were all normal zombies, you know what I mean? Like, when she picks up that gun and she's got the chain and she's killing them all and she's, like, got that clip and she, like, throws the clip up in the air and kicks someone in the face with a, yeah. a magazine and then throw. Like, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was fun, but, like, that's the only time we ever see sort of it go back to that sort of gritty roots of, like, Alice is this really cool bitch and she's got to be a really cool bitch and kill lots of zombies, it turns into this whole, like, fuck fest of different things they're just trying out. It was like we're watching a cheese, like a, like a cheese platter, basically, and they're like, do you want some of this? Do you want to try this cheese? Now try this cheese. Now try this cheese. <laughs> like, you're never really satisfied because all you want to eat is, like, I don't know, feta and shit, and, like, you can't. You just want feta, you get a little bit of feta, and they just give you all this other bullshit in front of you. <laughs> Christ. I just want feta! Anyway. When I started to see uh, zombies with guns, I was kind of oh, out even yeah, though i know that yeah. comes into the games i i just feel like that was so not not justify justifiable it, yeah because and the reasoning because it's never come up in any other films yeah and all of a exactly. sudden it's in this film it makes no sense and as, it's not it, as and nothing. It's, it's yeah and it's also just that one bit like it doesn't happen in any of the other simulations so it makes no sense for it to just and that's why it just felt like fucking Sniper Elite. I was like, this is just a different video game right now. Anyway, guys, I'm done. How are we feeling? Yeah. Wrap this puppy up, please, for the love of God. All right. Please. Well, let's get on to my favorite segment, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> Tracy B., what is your good? Oh, my God. Um, My good is probably going to be Michelle Rodriguez, because I actually really like seeing her play two different sort of roles, and I was really really happy to see her back and I feel like she was kind of the standout thing in this movie for me because nothing really stood out at all. Fair enough. Connor? My good was the scene with the the two hammer dudes. That was baller. That was so fun. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. What was yours? I liked Ada Wong. She, I, I felt yep. like any time she was on, uh, I had a lot of fun with her. The bad, Tracy. Oh my god, can I just say the whole film? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but if I had to pinpoint something, um. It's probably going to be the story, because there was none. <laughs> so yeah, the story, the story in general was my was my bad. Connor, uh, my bad would be the cheese platter storytelling. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a, that was that had that was my gripe. I'm along those there. same lines with like the fact that this feeling of greatest hits is is never as fulfilling as getting the pure thing. You know what I mean? So I would yeah. either do a whole movie set in suburbia or don't do it at all. I don't want to just see a, a, a random scene that means nothing to the rest of the story. As much as I enjoy it, I want it to be its own story. Um, yeah. The way the way I sort of saw this, because I remember seeing the, the suburbia stuff in the trailer and thinking, oh shit, maybe this is like, it's like a flashback. It's a prequel or something. This is like an, an alternate universe even. Like, let's do something like that, but don't just greatest hits it at me like you know if i i buy guns and roses greatest hits yeah it's cool it's got all their good songs but it's not nearly as satisfying to me as owning you know one of their albums that have all of their songs i don't know it just it didn't work for me the ugly tracy b all right the ugly um oh geez yeah probably probably the different um scenarios like the whatever they're called like the um simulations i think those just uh just so ugly in the context of this film it just does not suit <laughs> yeah. got it my ugly oh oh this is a toughie i'd probably say just like wiping away everything they ever worked for in the films prior to this that's my <laughs> ugly for sure <laughs> 
Yeah, my ugly. Oh, there's so many things. I feel like I could, I'm I'm caught between there, which I think I've said on most of these Resident Evil movies is the the poor use of main Resident Evil video game characters. Yeah. And I'm and caught between what you just said, Connor, with just destroying everything that they've ever done before. But I think my the biggest thing that's ugly to me is teasing us by bringing back prior characters that we've loved especially from the first movie like michelle rodriguez and the the main like mercenary guy and just making them redundant yeah like that to me is the biggest dick tease in the world like i, I was so excited to see how they could bring that back in and to just have it be nothing is super ugly okay let's get out of here tracy b what are your final thoughts oh can you just like put me out of my misery. I swear, if the final chapter is anywhere as bad as this film, I am just going to like be so upset. <laughs> so upset, honestly. Um, and as for a rating, oh, geez. It's out of five, right? Yeah. Mm, I'm going to have to give it a fucking two. And that's being generous. <laughs> that's being very generous. That's not, even, that's, not, that's not even remotely too horrible, to be honest. Two out of five. Resident Evil, well, let me give you a little, a little rundown. I'm five films deep. I don't even watch films I like that often and series that I like that often to be that deep into something. The only other thing that I've watched with five films, I think, is Star- oh, The Hobbit, you know? And that, and that, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, that really irked me. You know, that threw me. We had, David and I had a, quite, a, quite an argument about that. And now, <laughs> I'm in this, five films goddamn deep, and every single time I've watched the film, it builds me up and it tickles my little testicles with a little bit of fun. And then it just fucks it all up in the next one by wiping away any sort of progression. Alice is on her own every goddamn time. They put her in a new goddamn scenario. She's like a little play toy. She's like a little play toy. And they go, I wonder what she'll do in this place. I wonder what she'll do in this place. I wonder what she'll do in this place. I'm like, that's cool. Like, you know, like, great, do that. That's a little fun way to, to make new films and to grab new audiences, but why the fuck do you not just bring back all those cool characters? Like, the second one, by the end of it, you had a cool ensemble cast. By the end of the third one, you had a cool ensemble cast. By the end of the fourth one, you had a cool ensemble... Like, why? ah, It hurts me! Because I end up watching this and they introduce all these new characters, like Leon, who's can't act through a paper bag, and all these mercenaries that become redundant. Luther, who's actually pretty cool and just kind of hangs out for the whole film. Yeah, he's dead. See you, mate. Fucking bye. Like, why, why did that happen? Why'd you kill him? Why not kill Leon? Like, obviously, he doesn't matter. It just hurts my head. Anyway, the other thing is, like, as at this film in particular, like, I reckon this is probably my least favourite of all of them. Yeah. Um, the last one I liked simply more because of sort of the final 20 minutes with Albert Wesker, but this one didn't really have a redeeming fight. Like, they've got the fight between Alice and, and Jill, but it's not that great. And mm. it's all the, all the level, like, all of the sort of... What's the word I'm looking for? All of the tension is taken away because as Alice finally loses something, she just pulls a red crab off someone's chest. And I'm like, why couldn't you do that? Why couldn't you do that at the start? Like, I don't understand. None of it has any real merit and it fucks me off. Anyway, it gets a 1.5 out of 5. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's <sighs> a good, good. Thank you. <laughs> now, look, I, I feel like this movie, if it had come out maybe even... 10 years earlier, if it had come out around the time of the first Resident Evil, this would have been like teenage fish fanboys wet dream because the greatest hits sort of feel to it. The yeah. the scenarios, it was like they just took all the best stuff from the, well, what they think is the best stuff from the games and the movies and put it all into one thing. And it was just one big fun, explosive romp. And to me, like teenage fish would have been like, oh shit, that's awesome. But I feel like it's too little, too late. Like this has come. I, I, when did this come out? 2012. Like I've um, got on a matured. Yeah, I'm, 2012. Yeah. I'm now, you know, I'm now savvy to filmmaking and how to write a film and how it should be structured and all that sort of stuff. So this this sort of filmmaking really frustrates me. And saying that we really ragged on the last movie and how much of a, a nothing movie it was. And I, oh. I, I've honestly remembered number four as, 
as the one that I didn't like the most because there was just nothing to it. It's just a big segue off into a whole other story. But what I can say about that movie is that at least it was one story. It was one big story and it was all set in one sort of location. And I, at the end of the day, I connected with that movie a lot more than I did with this one because at least I got to know the characters there. I knew that those characters was, were real. They weren't clones. They weren't expendable. If they die, they really die. So this time around, I just really had a, t a hard time connecting and yeah. that's a big slap in the face, especially... Yeah. When they're what I thought was the weakest movie, I, I felt more for what was going on there. So this one now, on retrospect, I think this is the worst in the series. What they've done, the dis the disjointed filmmaking that's going on here is just just a ridiculous, ridiculous Horrendous. concept. Horrendous. So hopefully they can come back around with the final chapter and wrap things up and bring back characters they've that we had... actually care about, but... They've you know. had five years, you know? Like, they've had five years. Yeah, this it's been a long time. Like, I felt like the other ones came out, like, every two years or something like that. So, maybe... No, they're pretty similar. Pretty sure. Pretty sure they're all about five years in between. Well, find out. no, the... Um, 2010 was Afterlife. This one was 2012. Oh, was it? Yeah, 2008. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay, sorry. So. I, thought, I thought the last one was... Um, the last one, uh, Afterlife, was, like, 2007, but I'm wrong. No. So we'll see what they got. But I give this one a two out of five as well because I did like some elements. I did like Ada. I did like the opening scene. Like Alice was okay for the most part. Um, but just the, yeah, that disjointed style just really killed it. Well, there we have it, guys. We've only got one more movie to review in this retrospective and that's next week, the final chapter. We're nearly there. We're gonna make it. We are. Uh, it's gonna be done. Hopefully. And then, Fish, exactly. you and I get to, like, watch things, like, other things and talk about other things and not Mila Jozhevich. Yeah, shit. We be... better figure out what we're gonna go on to. Far out. Uh, we'll talk about that. It doesn't matter. Anything, Anything else. else. Anything else. <laughs> Anything else. You know, I don't care at this point. Let's do a romance film, you know? Like, let's spice it up a little bit. Let's mix it up. Do something fun. Um, anyway, did you get... Did you give a yeah? Did you give a rating? Did you just give a rating before? Yeah, did two. I miss it? Two out of five. Ah, two. I missed it. Went over my head. Well, we're done, aren't we? Follow us on iPoo. Uh, what did I just say? iPoo. Follow us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. We love you all. We've actually just come back from like a three-week break because Fish has been in Canada, so this has been a nice little way to get back into it, pump it up again, oil yeah. the. Oil the brakes. I don't even know what I'm saying. Oil we're the brakes. We're back now, basically. We've been gone for <laughs> a while, gears. and we're back. And I've ruined the illusion that we do this every week and not in bulk sometimes. But I don't care. Okay, we're all human. Okay, we all make mistakes. Play the music, Fish. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. Fish and Connoisseur Movie does not own any rights to the film Resident Evil Retribution, its marketing, or its soundtrack, and no infringement is intended. The track Axemen is performed by Tom and Andy, and the track The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Titles, is performed by Ennio Morricone. Fish and Connoisseur Movie.